Welcome to that show you listen to sometimes. It's about movies or something. Uh, we're not professionals, if you haven't guessed. Something about the moon rays. They're doing something, or they're on a website. I don't know. Listen to them, or thank them, or both, if you have time. Anyway, I'm here with Richard. That's me. And uh, Jolian. This is the sound of my voice. And I'm Will. I'm not normally the host. But I'm trying to convince Richard to just record one, run it every week. Sure. That was a lot quicker than what I do. You know? Well, I skipped a lot of stuff. Yeah, sure. But so This week we watched something made in 1997 with John Carradine and Cameron Mitchell. Oh, yes. They'd both been dead for years by then. I should take care of the whole season. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. So, welcome to the Cameron Mitchell, <laughs> John Carradine podcast. Do you want me to uh, do the recently watched? Mm-hmm. I'll start it out. Yeah. Since I didn't have to do a long, lengthy, talky-talky thing at the beginning. Intro, that's what it's called. Um, so, uh, you know how sometimes I watch just nothing but horror movies and other times I end up watching a mainstream thing? Uh-huh. Um, mainstream horror this well, time? Yeah, that happens too. I went through and watched a whole bunch of trailers for a whole bunch of stuff, including things on Hulu, and just loaded up my watch list with things, for example, like the new Hellraiser movie. Mm-hmm. Haven't watched it. Watched the trailer, said, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. I heard some people say it didn't suck. So did a bunch of trailer watching and uh, watch list adding. And since last time, another episode of The Last of Us, it just consistently is a good series and it is definitely horror but as far as movies go we watched you people do you know about this one i've heard the title know nothing about it okay um i don't know if they actually say the phrase you people in it um i think it's well implied uh this is a movie where a jewish guy meets a black woman and they really hit it off. They have a lot in common. They meet by chance, but, um, as people sometimes do, but they really hit it off and they're just going to be together. And he has awkward, um, nervous chatting mom, his dad, uh, his dad's played by David Duchovny, which is hilarious. Um, but they're just kind of, uh, well-to-do suburban people who are out of touch and don't know it. Mm-hmm. They see themselves as being liberal in a very good way and right-minded about things. And they're very excited that their son has met somebody nice. And they're, I think, doubly excited that she's black. Um, the flip side of that is the woman's uh, dad is uh, played by Eddie Murphy. 
I thought you were going to say actually Eddie Murphy (laughs) playing himself. (laughs) No, he's playing Akbar, who Admiral Akbar before he was an admiral. No, no, and it's not Akbar and Jeff either. (laughs) Damn, that's a deep. My second joke. The deep cut. (laughs) Yeah, for anyone who likes Matt Groening stuff. Um, No, Eddie Murphy plays Akbar, who is a uh, devout follower of uh, Louis Farrakhan's uh, take on. Nation uh, of Islam. Uh, Nation of Islam, yeah. Uh, so he's not really stoked about uh, this Jonah Hill character, Ezra, uh, dating his daughter. And, and spoilers here, uh, there's some interest in marriage that comes about. So, uh, yeah, you got Julia Louis-Dreyfus and uh, David Duchovny and uh, a bunch of other people are in this. Elliot Gould makes an appearance. Um Rhea Perlman, but you don't really need all of that cast to tell the story. It's kind of charming. It's kind of funny, but it's, uh, it's a more edgy rom-com, but still a rom-com to be clear. And they do some of those gimmicky little tropey things to, uh, when all is lost to bring it back together. Well, if you think it's going to be predictable and do something like that, um, the only spoiler I'm going to give you is that, yeah, it totally does. Even the holographic Cameron Mitchell that shows up at the end. <laughs> uh, you know what they should do with the David Lynch take on it? He should be like really small and a little squeaky voice and run behind the dumpster. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was some weird shit. There's theories on what that meant, but I'm not sure I believe any of them. I There's think a da- lot of theories for that movie. I think David Lynch is like, they're totally going to wonder what I was doing. Exactly. I think that's. But he won't tell you his, anything. His reason for everything. As a good as a good artist shouldn't tell you right. exactly what it means. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, it's worth a look if you don't mind shutting your brain off and watching something like that for a while. I didn't hate it. I had fun. Glowing review. <laughs> yeah. Didn't hate it. Had fun. So uh, that, that was didn't it. Didn't hate it. Yeah. Oh, you know, I next next time is going to be something else because I loaded up my watch list with so much stuff. I'm going to just be like, oh, you guys, brace yourself. <laughs> yeah, I started selecting Jallos on Shutter I hadn't seen, and there were so many. I was like, I just start watching them all. Don't. Yes. The, the plural is Jally. Jally. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm not here to correct you. I just thought yellows. <laughs> yellows. I'm watching lots of yellows. <laughs> yes. Or non-yellows, as long as it's Italian. It is stunning how many there are. Uh-huh. Oh, it's amazing how many they made in that <laughs> short period of yeah. time. Do you know how that's... many millions of gallons of J&B <laughs> scotch whiskey was mm. oh, man. changed hands in that <laughs> period of time? Bad scotch. There was there was there was a uh, a straight razor and leather glove shortage in Italy for <laughs> yes. years. Uh huh. Yeah, you had to you actually had to have a license to carry a straight razor for a while there because there were so many murders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember someone's always watching. It's the main thing I take from those movies. Yeah, mm. the POV shots. Yes, they're watching, but they don't, can't quite see everything though. Yeah, I take comfort in that. They can't see everything. Well, I think, of course, there's someone always watching the audience. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, that was it for me. Turn the camera upside down. Jolian? 
uh, more Zatuichi, and uh, been doing uh, Blu-ray covers for this uh, company that uh, Wild Eye releasing is doing like a sub-label called Visual Vengeance, and they're doing like a really obscure, low-budget exploitation. Uh, so it's been so far, it's been kung fu and um there's been a thriller and uh uh just did one we just uh they done a pair of horror movies uh, witches hmm. but uh yeah been watching those oh boy <laughs> so I'll, I'll share them when once i yeah. once they start releasing them okay but uh yeah that's it and ultraman and Bit of puppy bowl. Oh, I realized I lied. There were two more. Oh, <laughs> okay, go ahead. One was horror. I did. I did rewatch Hereditary. Oh, oh. I had the TV to myself, and uh, well, sort of. But uh, I watched Hereditary again, and I was surprised at some of the things I picked up on a rewatch. And uh, and I watched a bunch of uh, my cousin Vinny. <laughs> oh my God, that. That is actually a good movie. It yeah, is, it's not a bad it's movie. It's really fun. Um, I haven't seen it in so many decades. <laughs> I don't know what, what year yeah. it came out. but uh, 1997. Uh, you would think so, right? Um, I don't want to talk in depth about it, but um, I would say for anyone who really wants to watch that fish out of water um, city person in the small town thing, it's probably the best one. Uh, better than doc hollywood a little better than doc hollywood yes it's way better than doc hollywood um 1992 marissa tomei kills it well she won an oscar for that yeah whoa (laughs) i do not remember that yeah she won an oscar and the the conspiracy thought behind that is uh jack palance read the wrong name oh really yeah that's weird. I don't think that's, that's true, but that's the story. Well, when that did actually happen, they did a save on it. So when uh, Warren Beatty, yeah, like fumbled and goofed it up. Uh, yeah, yeah. Fred Gwynn is a lot of fun in this. Yes, he's the judge. Yeah, Herman Munster. For anyone who uh, is a huge fan of the Munsters. <laughs> why? <laughs> I just ask you why. Yeah. But uh, better yeah. things have come along. Yeah, Ralph Macchio is basically a, a a karate kid, but now he's a karate adult, <laughs> and he's arrested in a small southern town for doing karate without uh, uh, a license. I was going to say coat rack. <laughs> he serves about the same purpose. Yeah, yeah. No, he's not really Daniel's son. Yeah, he's not very necessary to the movie, but uh, Joe Pesci and Marissa Tomei just kill it. And if she did get an Oscar, she deserved it. Yeah. Some of her dialogue's stunning. Sorry. I think that's her first movie, too. Really? Yeah. Huh. I. I... And that's another week of making up Marissa Tomei facts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I believe it was her first movie. Yeah. But now it makes me sound like I'm obsessed with Marissa Tomei or something. <laughs> right. Guess it could be worse. Yeah, you could. Could be Cameron Mitchell. Right. <laughs> That was it for real now. All right. Uh, I watched two awful movies because that's what you not? do. That's what I do. 
I watched one called Fungicide. <laughs> <laughs> really? Uh, it's killer mushrooms. Okay, I watched something like that. <laughs> they're not. They're not computer generated on a on a you know tandy nineteen eighty two computer or anything. They're uh, they're clearly not hand puppets at any time. The acting is stellar, as is the writing, and the film work is just spectacular. Shot with a VHS camera, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, at no time do the mushrooms appear to be big penises. And never, ever in the movie does white stuff squirt out of them. Okay. Uh, because that would be terrible. Yeah. If you saw that, you'd go, why? Why, movie? Mm-hmm. This is uh, complete crap. This is like bottom of the barrel. This is, uh, <laughs> is Birdemic or Feeders level, uh, Suburban Sasquatch, oh, uh, Roller Gator. I could name a lot seen a lot of movies i've gotten over my phobia of digitally shot videos sadly figure that's just put up with 16 millimeter put up with digital uh then i watched something called the 50 worst movies ever are Uh, they i think 33 was plan nine from outer space but like number 14 making these up i don't know but much lower was spider baby what yeah what the hell like the fuck spider baby is an excellent movie nowhere near is this one of those medved things it's one of those thrown together you know somebody shows 20 seconds of a clip of Mm. you know robot monster they make a couple lame jokes and then they move on some movies they don't even explain why it's terrible. So do they at least have the decency to give you some talking heads or is it just voiceover? It's just one guy's voice and a badly animated uh, scene of people throwing Tomatoes. popcorn and whatnot at the oh, screen okay. while crowd noise goes, boo. It's it's terrible. I uh. think it's only an hour long. Uh, but yeah, worst movie ever is Incredibly Strange Creatures. What? I don't know. That's a pretty bad movie. I don't know if it's the worst. Well, it's not even Steckler's worst movie. No, it's true. That's not. Uh, He's not even the best drummer in the Beatles. No. <laughs> no. Oh, Dennis Ray, what were you doing? I mean, Cash Flag, wasn't that his name? Or <laughs> yeah. Cash Money? Or... Cash Money Brothers. Mm-hmm. And then I watched something called Pressure Point. This is a... Sort of acupuncture horror. Yeah, that would be scary. <clears throat> uh, no, this is the sort of everyman is a, is a secret CIA agent that they wanted probably Bruce Willis to play, but they got another middle aged dude with a <clears throat> shaved head. No, but he's balding <laughs> okay. really badly. He's got that little island in the front, you know. Oh. And the rest is gone. <clears throat> Has separated from the back, you know. Mm. It's no longer an archipelago. It's yeah, <laughs> of hair. I think it's just called the Hair Island. It is the Hair Island. Yeah, there was a whole chart for uh, different patterns of baldness. Uh, I think it was in like Details Magazine. Yeah, I think they just <clears throat> called it Hair Island. Yeah, I think that's what it is. <laughs> um, so he's he's a paunchy fifty-something-year-old guy. He starts off the movie. 
trying to kill the president of Chile. Um, they actually shot in Chile. They n- had no need to. <laughs> but somebody was getting a tax write-off, I'm sure. Or um, vacations. Yeah. And then he gets arrested for it and thrown in prison. But then the CIA needs him to do something. Not the filmmaker, but the character in the film. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, filmmaker should have been probably no, shot on site. Um, <laughs> uh, so he's recruited by the CIA again. He's the only one who can do something for him. Um, it starts off with a kind of Bondian, you know, action sequence at the beginning, although there's almost no action. He gets chased on a snowmobile hmm. that he's cleverly hidden in a snowbank. I don't know how you'd find it again, but he knows. Uh, and he parked it way far away from where he was uh, killing somebody or whatever, uh, killing the president of Chile. So he has to run a long way while people are chasing him. And he runs like a middle-aged guy. He's not very fast. Mm-hmm. And he gets on the snowmobile and he gets away. But then he falls off the snowmobile and Homer Simpson, like his foot gets caught and he gets dragged by the snowmobile for a while. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, terrible, 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 awful action sequences. I don't know why the guy, he's the writer and probably the director and the star. Once again, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, almost never turns out well. You got to spread the blame around. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, it goes on. Till it ends. It's about 90 minutes. A great example of that is um, Edward D. Wood Jr. He wrote and directed Plan 9 from Outer Space, but knew not to he star in it. He was smart enough to not star in it. He learned from Glenn or Glenda. Yeah. You know, he's like, that was a lot of work. I, I need to cut back so I can really focus on the direction. The writing. The writing. That's the soul of his mm-hmm. pictures. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. You know. You're like, sure, they're cheap sets and they can't act, but God, this story is just cracking. It's gripping. It's so gripping. Imagine if he had a million dollars in the 50s. Yeah. You know? Or He might have not had to write pornographic books for a year or two <laughs> before he did. <laughs> right. Anyway, that's it for me. Wow. Shall we talk about Theatre of Blood? Yes. Blood Theater. Blood Theater. It's the version I watched, which didn't have <laughs> Vincent Price in it. Uh, I don't know what you guys were talking about, but clearly I watched the right one. So you had trouble finding a working uh, file to watch. I didn't watch. have trouble. I just... I have to... Uh, I didn't get around to it. Well, that's understandable in a way, but um, I did... And I got to say that not all of these free platforms on which to watch something are created equal. Mm-hmm. I did a little Google search for um, Theater of Blood full movie. Mm-hmm. And I only found one that looked like it was the length a movie should be and clicked on it to play. For every five minutes of movie, there was two minutes of um, commercial commercial but it was the same two commercials for what, what were they called kendall jackson wine yeah um it was the same two commercials every five minutes Ooh. and can it, you repeat the 
the ad no because word for word after this sleep after the second time they popped up i would hear the violin start and i would mute the computer uh. get up and walk around do something else for a minute and sit back down <laughs> oh dear uh you know what your your wine tastes like vinegar and you're a bunch of morons there i said it <laughs> could you let it play all the way through and then back it up and watch it without the ads some probably, platforms do that. Probably not. It was film gorillas. I don't know. That spelled word. like the ape, not, you know, a mute. That's an insult to the primate race. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Gorillas don't have a film. <laughs> have more sense than to put wine ads into theater of blood. <laughs> right. And it wasn't even, like, didn't even show any reds either. It was all like Chardonnays. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so, yeah, I had to get that off my chest. Whereas Blood Theater, I believe everybody was probably drunk on wine while they made it. At least the person who wrote it was drunk. So so this is kind of like a um, on Wheel of Fortune, before and after. Uh-huh. Theater of Blood Theater. Yes, Theater of Blood Theater. <laughs> it, it doesn't have a second of in it, so I guess that doesn't really work as a before and after. Yeah. Maybe it does. No, it works. It doesn't have to be... St- theater of blood. Blood uh, theater. So it, they it, share the blood. Yeah. Don't share blood. <laughs> yeah, it's a terrible <laughs> idea. So, uh, Jolien, do you want to uh, give a uh, synopsis of... Uh, or a brief rundown of the plot of... The- well, well, basically, it's like a... Um, it's another aesthete, like Dr. Fibes and... Um, where Vincent Price is this uh, is taking revenge on the people who wronged him. In this case, he's a Shakespearean actor mm-hmm. who did a season of Shakespeare in 1970, and in this critic circle um, awards the actor of the year, and he fully expected he was going to get it, but he doesn't, and uh, he's he's humiliated at the award show. He turns up at the critic's uh, apartment. Uh, afterwards uh, with his daughter behind him and uh, grabs the award and delivers a final speech and throws himself off the balcony of which overlooks the Thames. Oh, okay. It's this high-rise overlooking the Thames. And uh, so, uh, you know, he's declared dead. And then two years later, these critics are getting knocked off one by one and the... Uh, what they soon figure out is that they're getting knocked off in the uh, in the way people get knocked off in Shakespeare plays. Oh, okay. And it's in the order of the season that he performed in. And this is all because Jack Palance read Melissa, <laughs> Marissa Tomei's name mm-hmm. instead of Vincent Price? Exactly. Wow. Um, so you've got Vincent Price is the, is the actor and uh, Diana Rigg plays his daughter. The casting in this is phenomenal. It is. Like, everyone is like this British character, actor, comedian. Uh, You'll see people from the Bond series, people who would be in Star Wars series, um, people who are in Hammer films. Mm -hmm. It's it's an amazing cast. It really is. And uh, for any type of character you can think of that's needed for this movie, they got just the right person to play them. (laughs) It's so cool. It's perfect. Perfect. Uh, so, so he's also got uh, he's also got this band of what they call meth drinkers. Mm-hmm. They credit them as meth drinkers in the film. One of whom played by the guy who played Jabba the Hutt. Oh, really? Um, 
but uh, yeah, so they've got these people and they, they just keep them in, keep them in booze and they're happy to help them murder whoever they want to. Yeah. So they'll lure the critic in uh, somehow and, and then they'll, uh, then they'll do this murder scene from Shakespeare and but knock him off a real and very gory way. Yeah, nice. in the, in this abandoned theater, that uh, they've sort of uh, fixed it up well enough to have him deliver his uh, fatal little scene from one of his plays, uh, but not so well that you would mistake it for a functioning theater. Right. Yeah, he he, not, he kills a few people there, and uh, he also goes out to their houses, or he'll lure them into a salon, or oh, yeah. lure them to a wine tasting event. Uh, yeah, there's all sorts of ways. Kendall Jackson wines. Yeah, <laughs> our sponsor. <laughs> yeah, and and it's beautifully set up. Like uh, with the first time you meet them, like uh, there's the guy who's like he picks up the the bottle and goes, "Oh, we've got this lovely like." Uh, you know, Chateau Lafitte 58, and he's the guy who gets drowned in a vat of wine. Yeah. Yeah, it all pays off. It's pretty beautifully done. I tried to look up what that bottle of wine would cost. I could not find it. But in general, um, here, let's see if I still have it on the search history on my phone. But uh, I was hoping it would be like, hey, if we wanted to buy that bottle of wine for our show, it would only be like $1,400 <laughs> or something. <laughs> But let's see if I still have it. It was a, um, it was Chateau de la Tour, mm. 1952. Um, it seems like if you were to get something similar now, it can range anywhere from 50 to 150. Dollars? A dollars a bottle, but it's, but we're talking more recent vintage, like 2015. Oh. Uh, so at the time they're drinking it, it's about a 20 year old wine. Yeah. So I couldn't find any 20 year old wines from them that we could say, Oh wow. If we were to buy that, mm. it's, it's an expensive bottle of wine. It's not just like somebody stopped at the corner store and you know, it's not two buck Chuck. <laughs> it's not Mogan David or MD. Kendall Jackson. <laughs> MD 2020. <laughs> Yeah, you could pour some MD-2020 into Kendall Jackson <laughs> to make it taste better. <laughs> yeah. um, I've not ever had any, but I understand Colorado wines are some of the worst. <laughs> who's growing grapes here? What, I know. What is going on? I don't know. I don't even want to get into that. But, uh, yeah, Eugenia went to a tasting. She said... Every Colorado wine was, you wanted to spit it out as quickly as possible. Oh, like, dear. The worst taste ever. Just <laughs> awful. I had sake taste. made in Colorado and it was just horrendous. Mm. But we we do get some uh, some good spirits, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had some gin that was made here that was really good. Was it the Breckenridge? I don't remember. Oh, yeah. Had and too it's... much of it. <laughs> Couldn't remember. <laughs> uh so uh, I have, I had a question about um, Edward Lionheart. The, yes. The, the, the character that Vincent Price plays. Is he just a bad actor? Well, he, he, it's funny because, like, you've got this great actor playing a hammy actor mm -hmm. who's playing a... who's the mad version of himself as he was. Yes. So, yeah, he's like... When he's, he's doing some of these scenes, he's like, fantastic. Yeah. And sometimes he's like 
really hammy, like the, exactly right. the sort of person these critics would, would take an axe to. Right. But yeah, it's like, there's always levels to it. And he's, he's like, it's really, like the soundtrack's beautiful. But uh, that really helps. But he, he's a, this tragic figure, but he's also really mean. He's like nasty. Uh, yeah. You can see this like anger he's he's got going on, and and he's he's, he's like corrupted his daughter into it and everything. Is and he's acting through that that uh, exaggerated stage makeup that mm. uh, that actors have to yes. wear to be seen. Yeah, that's good too. Like yeah. they have, you know, they always make up people who are like work on these big movies, but. They deliberately did uh, as if he was pulling from a makeup um, set that this person would have. Right. Yeah. yeah. So when the stage lights hit the person, you know, the right features show up or the contours are changed for that actor to look more like the character. It's it's a it's an aesthetic that, you know, I don't know if all all viewers would recognize it if they're aware of that being a staged thing. But. Um, Does he have the red dots in the corners of his eyes? <laughs> I don't remember him doing that, though. That was always something. Theater, like, oh, it draws your eyes up. Does it? Does it? Really? When you played the Grinch, um, did you uh, did you put red dots in the corners of your eyes? I don't believe so. Okay. I wore green face paint. Okay. <laughs> but I was not on a stage. I was in a gymnasium at a public <laughs> At, elementary at the same, school at the same level as the audience yes <laughs> no it was, it was 10 living, years living old theater yeah <laughs> uh, we did a christmas carol one year in i think fourth or fifth grade the I, one with the bb gun um oh no christmas carol not christmas story right. never mind yeah i played uh, peter cratchit you remember him from the Cratchit family? Yeah, no. Yeah, no one does. <laughs> he was just able-bodied, so no one cared. <laughs> That's right. So <laughs> I don't mean that. That was really terrible. <laughs> uh, I'll take any of the negative reviews we the, get for that. The, the slings and arrows. <laughs> yes. Of outrageous fortune, um, I did really like that, um, and I, I may have missed this. Was one of the critics? Was it the critics' funeral when um, Edward is hanging out nearby? You don't recognize until he steps forward that the yeah. gra- the grave digger He's the is grave him. Digger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really cool. And that scene is the first one he shot with um, Coral Brown, who became uh, Vincent Price's last wife. Yes. Oh. That's where they met at the funeral scene. At the funeral scene. And they did the uh, cookbook together, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. I gave that and as a wedding present. And an ample head <laughs> kit, too. That's right. Um, that scene is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> What's the play that the horse's tail thing is from? Uh, they, I think it's, is it Trollis and Cressida? But it's the one where he's, he's speared in battle and then tied to a horse and dragged yeah so does he exhume the critic who was to be buried and tie no, they, him to they a have horse the one who's been buried and this is another and one and then there's the one he's he's knocked off with a spear so it, the first one is killed uh julius caesar mm-hmm. style it's the michael horden critic yeah and uh yeah there's just a whole bunch of these meth drinkers with various 
edged weapons. That's really scary. He's, he's like stuck in this cage sort of yeah. area in this old warehouse and that and they start whacking away at him. This is one of the first color horror movies I ever saw. Oh. It's one of the first my dad let me see. Wow. Because we used to have these like double bills on Saturday nights. Mm-hmm. First one would be black and white. Okay. Second one would be colored and it would be like Amicus Hammer and things like this. And uh, uh, yeah, so this is one of the first I saw and it's... <laughs> so yeah, so they like uh, they, they this mob attacks him, and then um, and then he's he's cornered against the sheet of plastic. Yeah. So it's like translucent. You can't quite see what's going on, but something gory is happening behind it. And then he comes through the plastic because they whack him enough. And, yeah. Yeah, and then, then he stumbles into Vincent Price, who's dressed as a policeman. <laughs> yeah. So he thinks he's safe. So this was, like, yeah, this was new. the first murder then. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't so, realize so, yeah, that. So he gets buried. And then the um, then the second one, in the, while while they're having the funeral, the second one's been, just been knocked off with a spear. And then he, he, he ties him to the back of the horse and sends, sends it running down through the cemetery. So all the people who were just at the service <laughs> witnessed this. Yeah, yeah, they see this guy with his face dragged off. And, and they're suddenly very concerned now. <laughs> they, were, they weren't as concerned before this happened. Right. But now they're very concerned for their own well-being. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Edwina uh, is is um, being uh, goaded by one of the critics while she's hanging out at uh, Edward's memorial statue. Yeah, she's the Diana Rick character. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so of course she's stunning and... Very capable actor, you know, amongst a really great cast, she still stands out. Um, I didn't realize that she was playing another character right off she the bat. She does lots of roles in this movie, yeah. Yeah. I didn't see that the first couple of times I, I saw this film. I didn't, you know, I hadn't realized it was her. Yeah. So, uh, and we don't want to ruin it for Will. But yeah, um, it came out like 50 years ago. You can go ahead and ruin it. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. Enjoy um, it. I'll still watch it and still yeah. enjoy it. I don't mind if movies are... Well, this is where we get the exposition because she's hanging out at his memorial statue that he's supposed to be dead. Mm-hmm. We don't know that yet as the viewer, the first time viewer of the movie, that, uh, yeah, this he supposedly committed suicide, but no body was ever found. And then they do a shot of a full moon. <laughs> <laughs> they absolutely do. Um, but whose ass was it? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, not Diana Riggs, but we, oh. have, but we have seen her in bondage gear if we've watched the Avengers. Yes. The original British TV series, not the other one. Um, but he's very inventive with the murders. Mm-hmm. The next murder that happens, and, and I did just take some notes because um, there were so many interesting things at the beginning of this movie. Uh, he has a trunk delivered. Like a like a big yes uh, a big uh, oh, luggage yeah. trunk delivered to one of the critics, whose wife is very annoyed with him because it's been parked in the bedroom. Yes, and she wants it out at once, but it's too heavy for the critic to move it. So he's like, oh, "I'll just get it tomorrow." And uh, then, uh, from inside this big trunk, comes um, Edward and Edwina, dressed as surgeons, dressed as surgeons. <laughs> The best part is, uh, he says syringe, and he pokes the sleeping wife first, and 
her reaction. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> she she does that stuffy English. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> and in her sleep, but then she's now drugged. And then the critic, of course, gets gets a shot also. Uh so you you're wondering what kind of surgery are they gonna do? Right. <laughs> He saws he goes, his head off. He goes at lipstick. <laughs> he just makes a dotted line. Yeah, he just does his dotted, dotted line where to cut across his neck. Yeah. And then uh, then the wife thinks uh, she kind of wakes up again and because and, she's been annoyed by his snoring. So she kind of wakes up again and she goes, doing it again. So he just grabs the syringe <laughs> the so- again. The sobbing noise comes across as snoring to her. Oh, yeah, that's so good. She gets a second shot to which she reacts again. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah that, yeah that was really shocking because the, the guy playing the critic is arthur lowe who is who is really famous in britain in the 70s for being the uh lead actor in this uh comedy series called dad's army oh okay i've heard of it yeah so he's he plays captain mannering in that so uh that was really shocking to see that guy get his, get head, his head sword off, off. <laughs> yeah and they show the severed head oh yeah several times several times yeah you see it the, the the maid comes in and uh, she goes to shake him awake, not not really seeing that he's drenched in blood for mm-hmm. some reason. But she sees his head roll off the bed and then just falls flat like. Yeah, then it's on this nice 70s shag carpet. Yeah. Well, you know, those things were like three inches thick. But uh, yeah, she just falls dead over backward, fainted. And then she and... wakes up again and sees it again. <laughs> She doesn't have to fall the second time she faints. Yeah. And then it turns up again. Yeah. On the milk bottle outside the door. So this, this is like, uh, I don't even know what this has to do with Shakespeare at this point. We find out later. Yeah. But, um, it's like, wow, that was elaborate. He's been planning this for the whole two years that he's supposedly been dead. Yes. Wow. So, um. Yeah, what happens after that? Do you remember what what's what, what, the... what orders it in? Uh, so let's he, see. He delivers that in the milk bottles to uh, the Ian Hendry let's critic. See. Uh, let's see. Decapitate him while sleeping. Oh, the the, uh, the next one is uh, Merchant of Venice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um... <laughs> he has to rewrite Shakespeare for Merchant of Venice because the uh, in in the play he doesn't quite get murdered. Mm-hmm. So he rewrites it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the pound of flesh turns out differently. Yeah, it turns uh, out much worse. <laughs> yeah. And that is delivered to some other critics uh, <laughs> later. Um, then, uh, let's see. Uh, the barrel of wine is what happens yeah, that's next. Yeah, the Richard III. Yeah, they use some actual good wine. They don't use any of that Kendall Jackson crap. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, then Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this is uh, where... One of the guys is going, one of the critics is going to a fencing lesson and uh, the instructor's not there, but uh, someone else is there waiting for him. And it turns out that it's uh, Edward. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, he he ends up not killing him with the foil. Right. He, he spares him for, for later. For the moment. Yeah, yeah. He's just savoring this for later. He's got something else lined up. Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure what, let's see, Miss, Miss Chloe Moon. Uh, oh, that was to represent, yeah, that was to represent Joan of Arc, wasn't it? Yes. 
she goes she goes to the hairdressers and he's he's dressed up as uh what was he called himself it's just some sort of flamboyant character yeah uh, oh my goodness what was what was he calling himself in any event uh he's hooked up some stuff to electrocute her so that's yeah his his future wife <laughs> yeah yeah butch yes butch with a, with a huge curly wig yes yeah, if you ever wondered what Vincent Price would look like if he was in the Furry Freak Brothers. All right. Big handlebar mustache. I think he had the round glasses too, didn't he? <laughs> Big curly wig. It was it was pretty hilarious. Yeah. He stands out as fairly tall, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Like he's he's a tall guy. Six two or something like mm-hmm. that. I think he was taller than that. Was he? Six four? Yeah. Yeah, he you know I have um, to look him up, but yeah, I remember he was pretty tall. Yeah, he played a lot of vampires and werewolves. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that basketball movie he made. <laughs> yeah, weird pick for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, but it's called White Vampires Can't Dunk or yeah. something like that. The one okay, we we mentioned this briefly. Uh, last episode or the one before how, uh, the first time I got to sort of, uh, uh, push Jolien out there for, uh, movie knowledge was we were working at the art supply store and somebody said, Oh, Richard, you like all those horror movies. What's the one where the guy, um, makes the critic eat his own dog. And I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Who was in it? And I'm thinking, well, I would have remembered this. I had never seen this movie until today. Uh, so I was like, you know what? Jolien's over there doing something with the books. So I went over and grabbed you from the book department. And I said, explain that again to Jolien. And immediately you're like, oh yeah, Theater of Blood starring Vincent Price. <laughs> and it's the scene. Uh, yeah, so Robert Morley is the critic. Yeah. Does he normally play kind of this flamboyant yeah, kind of character? Yeah. It's just sort of who he is. Yeah, he's like that all the time. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so, uh, very, very funny writer and wit. So this answers the question, does the dog die? Yeah, so two dogs die. <laughs> two poodles die in this. Uh, you want to go ahead and uh, give a little... Well, this this is the Titus Andronicus. So in the play, it's like uh, the um, one character has fed his own sons. Yeah, that's crazy. But in 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 Theatre of Blood, he's got these two poodles who are always with him, and he fawns over them, uh, and his his wife just hates them. <laughs> yeah, because he's like he's he he's talking to his great love and stuff like that, and then she immediately works out that he's actually talking to his dogs. <laughs> and in third person, calls himself Daddy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you you don't see the dogs being killed. You see him being served something by this uh, this chef played by Vince Price. Um, As though they're doing like a reality TV show. Yeah, because they know he's like a, a gastronome. Um, so, uh, yeah, he's he's eating this strange meat that he can't figure out. And then they lift up the dish. And there's these two stuffed animal, uh, poodle heads mounted in the dish. Yeah. So it was a lovely meat pie until he found out what it was. Yes. Iron Chef, tonight's ingredient, <laughs> poodle. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? So they don't just leave it there, though. They oh no, get the like the old 
tiny kitchen copper funnel and force yeah, feed they, him. They make him eat the rest. They force feed him until he just chokes to death. I thought he'd explode like Mr. Creosote. Yeah, it's amazing what the cast does in this. They're they're all up for it. Because apparently he got they got one person in, and then that someone else someone else would phone up and say, "Oh, if you're in it, I want to be in it." And then it's just this whole chain of these great <laughs> oh, that's great, great actors. Yeah, and it wasn't even Hammer. It was United Artists mm-hmm. that put this together. Um, but it was an English production. Yeah, which was pretty cool. Uh, let's see. Um, how, how many critics are we in now? Is, is that almost all of them? There's nine of them, right? It's most of them. Yeah. Uh, they, they knock off one of the cops. who's played by Eric Sykes. Um, who was in the others, the one about the Spanish, the Spanish movie about the orphanage. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he was a very famous comedian. He wrote for the goon show and stuff and he was on British TV a lot. But um, yeah, he 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 just that they set up this trap so that they're going to follow um, the daughter back to her father, and that goes horribly wrong, and he gets knocked off. <laughs> um, that does get us to the last one, though, yeah, yeah, uh, with they, the daggers. Yeah, they set him up for the King Lear. Yeah, and and they they uh, suspect the cops suspect that uh, the daughter Edwina is involved. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, um, so Lionheart has has decided to like put together this or to to get this last thing going here. Mm-hmm. So he's got Devlin, who's the last critic, yes, strapped to a chair with this like sort of railroad track type device mm. right up to his face with a little trolley with two heated up daggers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this contraption, it's its not quite a Rube Goldberg contraption, but close. There's a rope going up over a pulley and a bag of sand, which he's <laughs> poked a hole in. And it had something to do with some statue or something, too. It was going to tip that over or something. I don't know. But um, yeah, he's got this statue that, yeah, it won't give it away. But Right. But, uh, yeah, you're pretty sure this is going to happen. And, uh, yeah, so this is the... The the King Lear, yeah, Gloucester getting blinded. Yeah, so uh, yeah, the uh, contraption doesn't quite get there when the police break in, and uh, well, um, Edwina uh, gets. Should we should we go ahead and tell the ending? Because you're going to watch this, right, Will? Yeah, okay. Uh, So Edwina is there, and uh, one of the uh, the meth drinkers, as they call them. One of the boozer uh, homeless people uh, clocks her in the head with the statue. Yes, with the the award. The award, yeah. Um, I'm not sure why she hit her. Was she just? Well, they they realize that he's going to burn the whole theater down with everyone in it. Oh, so they they want to try to stop that. Yeah, they just want to get out. Oh, okay. So he had them locked in. Did they say? I don't uh, think so. But I don't remember that being... Yeah, it's just, everything's going crazy and wrong. Yeah. All of a sudden, so they, and they, they were, freak out. and They run low on booze. Knock, knock her off, yeah. <laughs> so. After this case and the other case and the three more in the back, <laughs> right. we're down to three cases. <laughs> yeah, it's like when... It's when you got a bunch of roommates and you're starting to do pizza math. Yeah, I think it's funny <laughs> when the, 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 uh, the critics lured into the wine tasting... And uh, so you realize that all the other, his fellow uh, experts in wine tasting are all these meth drinkers 
dressed up in fancy clothes, but he doesn't realise it for the for the longest time because, you know, why would you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, is that Buck Flowers over there? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so burning down the theater, he's. I don't know if he had this really, like, meticulously planned, because he just kind of runs to the orchestra pit area and just wings a torch up onto the balcony. Yeah. <laughs> and it looks like... Good must... shot straight into one of the booths there. Yeah, but it, it blows up like there's a... Right. <laughs> like there's, there's something up there waiting. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it just blows up and he starts, you know, walking around, setting draperies on fire and in the booths and whatnot and yeah. places going up. How does it come about that... Uh, that uh, he 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 grabs his daughter, Edward grabs his daughter who's unconscious or maybe dead. Yeah, and he's going to carry her up to the top of the building. Yes. How does everyone else get out? Well, just... Everyone just flees, and and the police come in and rescue the critic. Okay. And then the whole building's surrounded. So he he heads up and does his final speech. Yeah, the mechanism gets stuck or something and the cops get him out of the chair. Yeah, it catches on one of the the scenery oh, yeah. statues. That's what it is. Um, so there's nothing really stopping everyone from fleeing, but he's going to go up to the upper levels. Do do we know anything about this, this building? Is it? Uh, yeah, it was an old theater that had been abandoned for uh, several years. So In um, real life? Yeah, so they, they were quite... <clears throat> able to set fire to the whole whole thing oh they did set um what was it the it was the putney hippodrome okay built 1906 so empty for 14 years oh okay built in 06 so in england that's like oh the new theater yeah 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 so no historic designations for it they're just gonna torch it for the movie Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's how they did yeah, and they they'd have to rig it up uh, stump fires so they could do several takes. But well, sure. yeah, 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 they they could do quite a bit of damage to that place. I was fully expecting Edward to um, to fall onto the roof of that cop car. <laughs> if that movie were made today, well, I think the uh, these these Vincent Price movies, like the the Fives movies, yeah, and this one, and then he did Madhouse. Uh, you have these movies that. The spine of the movie is like a body count, uh, and in in very spectacular and interesting ways. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think uh, so. A couple of years later, you had the Omen, which is another made in Britain uh, movie, where uh, you know the the spine of the movie is these spectacular deaths. Yeah. Uh, I think Not that, the least of which is the decapitation by pane of glass. Yeah, so, so like the British were really good at this in the seventies. Yeah. Uh, so it not really set up the splatter movies of the eighties. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what was the exact um, the exact ending was uh, Edward falling back into the structure of yeah, the building. It, yeah, the, the roof collapses and he falls into the theater. Yeah, not out to the street like I thought he was going to. Right. Yeah, and that's it's uh, kind of the end of the movie, isn't it? Yeah, that was it for him. Doesn't yeah. come back. Yeah, not this time. <laughs> Did they do any? His ep- body was found. <laughs> Did, 
Did they do any epilogue scene or was that it? That was a stinger at the end, setting up the next movie. (laughs) Yeah, you see his charred hand reach up out of the Yeah, this is before Carrie and everything. So, yeah, the movie just ended in those days. (laughs) At any point. We're out of money. That's it. You got enough. Well, that's one of the the things that's really weird is, like, you can end a movie, but that doesn't stop you from making a sequel. Like, um, Evil Dead, it's like, hey, Evil Dead with money, we're doing Evil Dead (laughs) 2. Um, uh, Return of the Living Dead Return of the Living Dead Part 2 resurrects two of the characters mm-hmm. the re-return the re-return of the Living Dead and I think they even make like a, a little joke about uh, it feels like we've done all of this before or something like that some throwaway line like that oh, Yeah, sort of winking at the audience some lamp shading yeah so um well, recommends. do we want to uh, compare this to um, uh, Blood Theater? No, don't watch Blood Theater. How bad is it? Uh, Are there gruesome deaths that happen? It's not in... fungicide bad. <laughs> uh, gruesome deaths in interesting ways? You know, it's been so long since I watched it. It's been probably a year now. Uh, uh, I don't remember a whole lot about it other than the unnecessary nudity. Because to girls who work at the theater decide to change their theater their work clothes into street clothes so they have to get completely naked in the locker room why does the theater have a locker room it's never explained and it's a big locker room too it's not like just a little closet off somewhere it's so it's like off of a gymnasium yeah exactly it's like that it's not like an employee dressing room no slash bathroom slash storage like a real place would be <laughs> right uh no and i don't remember anything about it <laughs> are you intrigued to watch theater of blood now yes it sounds oh. hilarious oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's pretty funny you know i think that's what would separate those 70s british movies from later 80s slashers is there's not that sense of dark humor there really well and, and this movie knows it's funny yeah it's not accidental humor. The, the, yeah, the yeah. balance of horror and the hor- horrific stuff is nasty. Yeah. But the, the comedy is really good and it's happening at the same time. So, yes. Julian, did this one end up on the video nasties list? No. How come? It was British. <laughs> is that the reason? Probably because a lot of them were just, you know, there's a reaction to foreign films coming into the country en masse. So it was the high-profile actors that were in yeah, it? Yeah, you'd have like the, the high-class stuff of it being Shakespearean. You couldn't deny this stuff happened in Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, the, this cast, Stella. Yeah. Um, you know, the production is really good. So they didn't want to really piss off everyone who was involved with this movie and put that on the list. Yeah, I, I don't know what its video release history was. I, mean, I definitely saw it on TV several times when I was a kid. <laughs> mm. yeah, they weren't worried every about time that. it came on, I wanted to see it. Yeah. So good. After traumatizing you the first time. Yeah, it is scary because like, I'm afraid of mobs. And yeah. And it just kicks right off with a mob attack. Yeah, it's everything that's scared of. Can, can People it... always overlook the good mobs do. 
<laughs> yeah, well, the times it turned out well. Yeah, you know what about those times? And I don't mention those times. Nothing to regret. No, nothing to, well, that was a to fun ban mom. history books about. Yeah, I got to wonder about that, though. Is is like, um, can you consider that a phobia ever? What, what, fear of mobs? Yeah, because isn't that just a legitimate, reasonable fear of an th- awful thing? Uh, I think it's how debilitating it may be. Well, there was this film, and uh, there was a Ray Bradbury story called The Crowd. Uh-huh. Have you read that one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I could see it, yeah. The whole idea of the uh, a mob IQ being the average IQ divided by the number of people in the mob yeah <laughs> brilliant yeah, yeah. now i could see mobs being yeah i mean you hear stories about you know 300 people trampled at a soccer game yeah like i don't want to go see soccer now <laughs> yeah i think it's reasonable to to find uh mobs awful and something to be regarded with fear that's just how i feel about it I like to go grocery shopping at about 8 p.m. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When everybody's gone. Yeah. And that's when you discover that they are, yes, targeting you with their music. <laughs> mm. It's like, why, pray tell, is a grocery store playing Smashing Pumpkins at this hour? <laughs> oh, because they know I'm in here. <laughs> it's because we've gotten old and Smashing Pumpkins is old people well, music you, now. You walk in there dressed as Nosferatu with your head shaved and you're... <laughs> Huge boots on. Right. They just think they just assume you're into smashing pumpkins. That's right. It's such a stereotype. Yeah. Uh, well, shall we do the recommends? Yeah. Who recommends this? <laughs> I'll recommend it. I've not seen it, but it's got eye trauma or the threat thereof. Yeah. I'll go for it. It's got some heads being sawn off. Yeah. I always some go for dogs it. being eaten. Uh-huh. Yeah, it sounds over the top and, and great. Yeah, you can see that, that uh, road up to Windsor Castle that they showed in the the weddings and everything. <laughs> <laughs> in a different context. All right. Uh, so, Julian, clearly you recommend this yep, one. Yeah, favorite Vincent Price movie. Can't say harder than that. Well, there you have it. I recommend it also. I think it's really good. And, and uh, I believe it's his favorite movie yeah he said it was his favorite and uh diana rigg also said i think it was her favorite what let's see if she, I could... she loved working on it i don't know if it was her favorite yeah it was film. one of her favorites or something to that effect um are we sure vincent price didn't say this about every movie he was in <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> oh yeah curves. that's my that's my favorite whatever they bring up i loved you in dr fives oh that's my favorite i ever made yeah, I, I can't. I can't find the never uh, bad mouth your movie. <laughs> he, he would bad mouth movies he'd been in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They didn't have people signing those uh, anti disparaging agreements or whatever. Like, can you imagine? Like, when you've made a terrible movie, and uh, you're going to go on some late night talk show to promote it, mm-hmm. and you're not allowed to say, mm-hmm. "Hey, it, it sounded good when I got into it." Then they screwed it up. <laughs> They changed directors, they changed writers, they added mm-hmm. this and they took away that, and by the end of it, it was a big hot mess. And uh, so Holly Berry is on... Uh, yeah, like, you, you have to be the face of the movie. Yeah, like Holly Berry's on some late night talk show having to act like Catwoman doesn't suck. 
Oh my god! I I should look that up and see if there's any appearances where you could just I'm sure there is. see the look on her face as she's trying to go. Yeah, so we had a lot of fun making this, and uh, I got to wear the suit. Yeah, I saw a clip of uh, one of the later Star Wars movies. They had like a an interview. I think the probably the three main cast people or whatever, and like the second the interview is done they're up and out of their chair and it looks like they're just fleeing i'm sure they just had other things to do but the way it looks is like we can't get away from them smoothie fast mm. enough and harrison ford is, is got that grouchy vibe about him can you just imagine like trying to ask him to act like something he was in didn't suck oh, you just be like well we got the thing made i gotta tell you check i got a bunch of money yeah I bought a pound of weed. They let me keep the vest. <laughs> I think weed dealer was, a carpenter was slang for weed dealer. <laughs> yeah. Because has he built anything do we know of? Yeah, what's a grip anyway? They, yeah. they got a grip of weed. <laughs> when they asked Michael Caine about Jaws 4, he, he said, uh, well, I, made, it, I built a new garage. Yeah, it bought me a new house. I understand it's a terrible movie, but it bought me a new house, I think he said. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's like, yes, I think some of these actors start looking at movies as swimming pools, second houses. That's that's a Beatles quote. They were like, they asked Paul McCartney something about all the love songs he wrote. He's like, yeah, I wrote those for a swimming pool. <laughs> really? <laughs> something like that, you know. <laughs> People thought we were doing it for the love and I was doing it for another swimming pool. <laughs> and that's not cynical to say that when you're that good at what you do. No. It's not like he cranked out some crappy song and fooled everyone and then got a swimming pool. It's like, no, he just wrote some fantastic stuff everyone adored and uh, also got a swimming pool out yeah. of it. Several swimming pools, I'm sure. Yeah, at several houses. Yeah, I was doing some of this um, mental uh, gymnastics of if I did win the $750 million that was on the last <clears throat> before somebody won it somewhere else. Powerball. Yeah, I think it was Powerball. Got up to 750. It's like you could do so much good with that money and so much stupid crap too. <laughs> You're not limited. to. I could do both. You can do both. You know, do you guys each want a million dollars? Sure. Yeah. Uh, do you want other st stuff too? Yeah. Sure. I got 750 sure. million. Let's go do something stupid. Yeah. So, like uh, pay off everybody's medical bills yeah. in Denver. Yeah. Rescue animals. Yeah. 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 And then feed them to people. <laughs> <laughs> Good two, and bad. Two problems solved. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> yeah. You can. I'm hungry or fed, and the pets are now housed in yeah. a way. You could buy all the houses on your street. And I made fur coats, too, for the kids <laughs> who are freezing in the winter. Yeah, you can do all the idiotic stuff you ever dreamed of and still turn around and go, you know what, I can give a bunch of this to charity. Mm -hmm. And why wouldn't you? Because I can write it off on my taxes. Yes. I don't have to pay. Because I am a monster. <laughs> I am a monster. <laughs> Some of the time. Yeah. But the rest of the time, you're charitable. Uh-huh. You can be both. All right. Do Doesn't we... seem to work that way, though. Do we have a plan for next time? Uh, I thought we'd watch <clears throat> Theater of Blood. Yeah? Yeah. Don't mind? 
I'm going to talk about it. All right. Yeah. Now a week off. When we do recently watched, we'll... we'll... Yeah, we'll have Will's pitch on... What the hell was this crap? Why'd you guys make me watch this? Could have been watching Birdemic 2. (laughs) It's this stuffy, pompous English thing. Why'd you make me watch this? This movie was competently shot and written and acted. Mm -hmm. I hate that. (laughs) Right. Oh, all right. So we don't know what we're doing next time. Uh, well, I, I don't know whose choice it is. There's some things on Shudder I haven't seen, so you'd be able to see them too. Okay. Cool. Um, there's Black Roses. Mm. Let's do it. Do right me- there. Yep. Metal, metal in March. Metal in March. Okay, we'll hold off on that then. Um, well, let's see. Hold on a sec. Let me check the camera. Because this, I'm not sure when the, this episode goes out. Yeah. I think it went out last week. Let's see. In 1997? Yeah, 1997. Once we edit it down to 82 minutes. So, that's a great idea. Metal in March. I think you should include all that. No, no, I'm going to cut Give that. them a taste of behind the scenes. They get Put enough, that on Patreon. They get enough of that. Pay us five bucks and listen to a 30-second clip where we reveal how inept we are. We could, we could get someone to do an unpacking video like where they switch on their podcast and listen to us oh so we do a clip show like that heavy metal horror we've already covered um rock and roll nightmare rock and roll nightmare and trick-or-treat right Uh uh-huh uh-huh so other than black roses we better find a couple more what's that uh deathgasm we we did that one we we? did yeah we did that yeah we did kiss meets the phantom of the park oh jesus do you want to cover that one again call it metal but do you want to cover? Want to cover that one again? Do we do that that kiss on the pool? With with that TV show. I don't know. Kiss um, Kiss saves Christmas. Kiss saves Christmas. <laughs> I wish on. that was a real movie. Me too. What's another? Oh, let's see. Uh, there's got to be a bunch of metal. I think Guar made a movie. Yes. We would watch see. that. There's that one in the hospital I've seen. I've not seen any Guar movies. Uncle Peckerhead. You ever heard of that? No. <laughs> uh, let's see. The Gate sort of had, but we already covered The Gate. Wow. What? Oh. I'm just, every movie with heavy metal involved with it, we've, we've covered. We've covered? No, yeah. it can't be. Let's see. Here we go. Uncle Peckerhead. Um, this is a 2020 movie. When a punk band scores their first tour, life on the road proves tough when they're joined by a man-eating demon as a roadie. <laughs> Interesting. Um, mm. The director is also the writer and stars in it, so it's going to be good, right? Matthew John Lawrence. No? Okay. Why? Why do you do that? Uncle Peckerhead. Okay. Well, we'll see if we can find some I just more. watch Pecker again. <clears throat> we, we did the Guitar Wolf one, didn't we? Yeah. Vicious Lips. You ever heard of that one? I've heard of it, and yeah, I started watching it. Not it's, seen it. Uh, it looks like it might have interesting bits, but it's from, I don't think the whole movie's any good. Yeah, it's, it's um, like an interstellar band. Yeah, they have to travel to another planet. Yeah, it's it's from it's one of those that the concept's better than the execution. <laughs> How about Heavy Mental? Have you heard of that? Not. What okay. is this Crowley thing? Um, oh, was that the Bruce Dickinson movie? <laughs> <laughs> Let's find out. 
chemical wedding. Why does it say Crowley at the top of it? I, huh. gu- I guess it's supposed to be pronounced Crowley. I don't know. Um, let's see. I don't see. Okay, here we go. I only went by. Uh, uh, I don't remember. Something I read where they rhymed his name with Crowley. Let's see. It's so got, I don't know. Crowley? Crowley it's got Simon Callow in it. Uh, Bruce Dickinson wrote this with Julian Doyle. Is it, Let's see. In 1947, neo-pagan uh, Alistair Crowley dies. In Cambridge, in Cambridge, 43 years later, with the help of a computer, his spirit takes over the body of Haddo, a, a mild-mannered stuttering Don, over four days as Crowley prepares for an occult extravaganza. Bodies pile up. Um, okay. I'm not really sure what's going on there. It sounds a little scattered, but anywho, should we just agree to find, uh, some heavy metal horror? Okay. Yeah. Um, we could, you know, we don't want to cover monster dog, do we? Okay. Um, Cooper. Yeah, let's Cooper one. I've never seen it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I've not seen it either. It's from 1984. Uh, death metal zombies. Uh, that's from 95. Yeah. You know what? Let's just agree to, to, um, for metal March. We'll just, um, we'll, we'll figure out some metal movies and we'll just, uh, in addition to that one, uh, black roses, we'll find a few more or a couple more. All right. All right. Listeners. Thank you for listening. Stay off the Kendall Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're getting sued.